Today is Tuesday, October 29, 2013, and this is Radio Wave. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje, and uh, one thing that uh, people tell us from all over the world is that one of the things that is essential, or that they feel is essential to understanding Our Lady's messages, to gain a, a take, an insight on how that a message applies to their life is through the Radio Wave broadcasts. And so for many people throughout the world, this broad, these broadcasts have become an essential part of their understanding of the messages. And it is uh, our custom, it has been the tradition that uh, we always broadcast the day of the message, except unless that were to fall onto a Sunday. But uh, because of a severe case of the flu, a friend of Medjugorje had to postpone it, but not not wanting to leave you without the direction that uh, so many people are looking forward to, uh, we postponed it until uh, tonight, and so we're glad to have a friend of Medjugorje back with us in the studio, and uh, thank you for all of you people throughout the world who have been praying for this, uh, knowing that uh, the direction that you receive is something that he prays very much about, and what it is that uh, Our Lady would desire to tell you. So uh, it's uh, you've heard him say before, he doesn't want to just be saying words, but instead uh, conveying the message that Our Lady has for you and for your individual life. And so we welcome a friend of Medjugorje. Our Lady's come to teach us that God's will is the only thing that's important. It's His wish that must prevail over man's will. Man in his free will can contradict God's will. His will is His hope and wish for us. But we have the freedom from Him to go against it. How sad will be the day when the time of grace, the time of Our Lady being with us every day, will no longer be. Pray. Get on your knees and pray. Do not cease to pray. The only thing that is important today is to pray to do God's will. When we do God's will, it's the best for our own being that can be done. We may think that we do best, but unless we really seek to strive to know God's will in every part of our lives, we'll never have the best situation for ourselves. This is security. He is Father. Best of what the best of what we could have ever imagined a father to be. His will, even in the smallest actions, will bring about perfection of one's life. We must surrender our will 
He has to be satisfied, content, and to be happy. Life will be whole, and the fear that we have today will be vanquished. And there's much to be in fear over. Those things which face us in the culture, everything's sliding down toward us. If we want to do our will, we want to follow our plan, we want our plan to fit God's will, we'll do everything we can to make our will work and then ask God to fulfill that. It doesn't work that way. Our Lady came to tell us on this 25th message that there's only one will we need to be seeking. Our Lady of Medjugorje's October 25th, 2013th monthly message to the world. Dear children, today I call you to open yourselves to prayer. Prayer works miracles in you and through you. Therefore, little children, in the simplicity of heart, seek of the Most High to give you the strength to be God's children and for Satan not to shake you like the wind shakes the branches. Little children, decide for God anew and seek only His will, and then you will find joy and peace in Him. Thank you for having responded to my call. Seek only His will. Decide for God anew. Why are so many people unhappy this in this life today, in this culture. What's happening to us? Our music reflects the sadness, the tragedy, especially country music. The brokenness. All really is a result of following our will. If we followed God's, we would not experience any of these things. And now we have oppression. We have tyranny. We have a very scary future for those who are walking in God's will. And where will this go from here? Not any better. If you want to straighten out your life, the only thing you can do is just start doing God's will. And you have to pray to strive for that. You have to seek it. You have to look for it. You have to know when you're deceiving yourself and you're trying to do what you want and you want God to fulfill it as His will. Our Lady continued tells us to surrender. This surrendering is part of finding God's will. I surrender all my wants, all my needs, everything to you, Lord, that you might serve. You can look into the culture where it is by looking at the music that's played, whether it's pop, whether it's whatever, country music, the whole range of music. You see, the Beethovens, and when they came up, where the church was at that moment, and what they wrote in the symphony, the harmony, the union with God of music, we don't have that today. And even in country music, which is a lot of what we play, it's filled with so many broken hearts, ripped in two, things torn apart. But if God was to write that, if it's His will, and He's in everything, He's in different cultures and their different musics, how would he write a song? What would he say when he did this? What would be his words? Yes, if God wrote a country song 
mom and dad might get along And every kid would have a brighter day They'd still get a scratch or bruise But they'd have someone to run back to And never get lost along the way And any bottle around the house Would be in that baby's mouth My mama rocked him off to sleep And every night would end in prayer Holy Spirit everywhere And everyone would believe Yeah, if God wrote a country song I'd sing it all day long Even on a cloudy day Like the Red Sea, the sky would part The sun would shine right through the dark Everyone would pass it on Yes, if God wrote a country song There wouldn't be no broken hearts Ripped into and torn apart But someone had to say goodbye We'd all know in the end We'd see each other again Yeah, somewhere on the other side yeah. If God wrote a country song I'd sing it all day long Even on a cloudy day Like the Red Sea, the sky would part Shine right through the dark And everyone would pass it on Yes, if God wrote a country song Yes, if God wrote a country song I'd sing it all day long Even on a cloudy day Like the Red Sea, the sky would part The sun would shine right through the dark And everyone would pass it on Yes, it's when God wrote a country song Yes, if a God wrote a country song I um, remember you often telling the story uh, when you were in Medjugorje in those early years and you were discussing with a friend of yours um, the souls in purgatory, and um, you're just kind of having this this conversation. And the next day, Our Lady gave a message in which she mentions the souls in purgatory, and you were so excited about that and realizing that the Holy Spirit had been involved in 
your conversation that it wasn't that Our Lady was listening to you, but that she, uh, the Holy Spirit was inspiring this conversation because of something Our Lady was going to be revealing about the souls in purgatory in that next day. And I, I've just gotten back from Medjugorje, been there for a month with a couple of our youth, and um, we've been uh, looking at this whole idea of uh, the will of God and seeing that um, in order to be on the frequency of God, you have to have that perspective of looking at what He's doing, what His agenda is, what His will is, Rather than what the majority of people do today is they're looking at what their plan is, what their personal agenda is, what they want to happen in their lives. And then they go to God and say, bless this, just as you were saying earlier um, in this program. And that this is so much a part of the spirit of Our Lady to be seeking what God's doing in the world today rather than asking him to come along your agenda. And I I would like you to to reflect a little bit on your own walk with Our Lady in in your choosing this path to follow Our Lady, how um, much you had to lay aside your own agendas for your life in, in choosing Our Lady and how that came to be in your consciousness that that's what God was was calling you to. Well, I remember this. Uh, I actually forgot about that story you were just telling, but I remember that being a Thursday message. And what was so striking um, about talking about purgatory the day before, and then Our Lady talks about it the next day in a message, that would have been a Wednesday, is that um, that's the first time Our Lady ever spoke about purgatory in one of our, in one of our messages. And this was an astounding thing to me, a real revelation, something that uh, I couldn't believe that I felt privy to before she gave it. But when you seek the will of God, when you seek what God's will is, she says these messages are conveyed from God. Why would he not be known? Now it's it's nothing that uh, we marvel over so much. We more or less expect it. I'm not talking about presumption because that's wrong and that's sinful. We don't presume God's going to do it because we do something. But if you know Our Lady, if you understand her, if you understand where she's leading us to, how she's guiding us and what she wants, which is God's will in our life, then why would we not be in tune to the frequency before something's broadcast? Just like people would be privy to the Pope's talk before he gives it, a president somewhere. Somebody else has already worked on it with them. And so we're privy before Our Lady says things, some of the things she does. And we're already taking actions. In fact, our community, you could say, is a prophetic community. Many, many things we've done, Our Lady now is coming into, bringing into action. As late as here as 2013, she first starts mentioning community in a big way. Uh, on October 2nd, Our Lady says, I pray that you may be a community of God's children. I pray that as a community, you may joyfully come back to the faith and in the love of my son. But I didn't just say that. Mariana says at the end of that message, she says, Our Lady was very decisive and full of love. Decisive about what? She says, I pray 
that you may be a community of God's children. I pray that as a community you may joyfully come back to life in the faith. This is what I'm seeking. Not the mega church, not all the things we come up with and all the, the, the programs that man makes and layers across these huge dioceses with a thousand families, five thousand families. That's not what God's calling for. It's not the future. It's small community. And it is in June 2nd, Our Lady says again, Mariana says, resolutely. In other words, she doesn't own us what the message said. For Satan not to shake you like the wind shakes the branches. Isn't that interesting? She always ties in the seasons with the message and the immediacy. Yes, and she'll tie those in randomly picked 500 years from now or 100 years from now. In the season, people need to hear it. But I said on June 2nd, I, as a mother, desire my children to be in a community of one single people where the Word of God is listened to and carried out. And so in answer to your question, in seeking God's will, it was for community. We have the privilege of Our Lady even asking for it. But even before that, that was, form- that was formulated in the heart about the land, about uh, moved out here for, for that. It evolved into more, and you can never imagine God's will and His magnitude and the height that we go to in comparison to your imagination and fantasizing about your will and how far we'll go. Yours will be very limited. You can imagine it, and you will exaggerate it beyond whatever will happen in your will. But when you do God's will, you will never be able to fantasize spiritually. You'll never be able to imagine how big it will be. It will exceed that because God always exceeds what you think if you go along with his will. You will never exceed your will. This is the way it works. On a human level, we're limited. God is not. And so we have expectations of God working our life without limit and where he to take us without even comprehending how far he has done with us. We're still under attack. We was just attacked in Medjugorje this week. And that's okay because the apostles were attacked. And a lady said to be my apostles repeatedly. We didn't know this is what she was going to carry us. And if you're seeking God's will and you want his will, you didn't know that's where he'd carry you. And so it's an amazing thing that when you do God's will and how far he goes with doing his will, what he'll do for you. And if he does this for you, why would he not do it for everybody else? And if you're doing and seeking his will and you know certain things about God's way or Mary's plan, then why would somebody else halfway around the world not know the same thing? God inspires God gives his will, and it works in harmony with everybody else. And so, Our Lady's desire for us is holiness. She seeks in this holiness that we long for it. Little children decide for God anew and seek only his will, not yours. Holiness. And in, in your question, mine, I sought for God's will constantly. 
Uh, I burned for it. I desired it. I remember arguing during Mass one time, I don't want my will. I know you keep telling me I have a free will. I freely give it to you. I'm your slave. I do not want it. Do with me as you will. Discard me. Guide me. Whatever you want. All I want is one thing. To seek your will. You can take my heart. You can take my mind. You can transform it. You can take my will. But conform mine to yours. To yours, O Lord.
take my heart, take my mind, take my will, and take my life. Take my heart, take my mind, take my will, take my life. Over 236 years ago, brave men fought against all odds so you can be here today, listening in freedom to this radio. But will you always have that freedom? If the Founding Fathers could speak from the grave, would you hear Jefferson say again, when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object, evinces a design to reduce you under absolute despotism, it is your right, it is your duty, to throw off such government and to provide new guards for your future security. Is this possible today? They fired the first shot 2012 says yes. They fired the first shot 2012, a national bestseller available from Amazon.com, Medj.com, spelled M-E-J.com, or by calling Caritas in the U.S. 205-672-2000. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. I wanted to read a passage from a, a book entitled The Kingdom Agenda by author uh, Tony Evans, in which he catalogs uh, some of the things that we're seeing manifesting uh, in our own personal lives, in our family lives, in the lives of the church, and in the lives, in the life of the nations of the world, simply because we're following. Uh, Satan's agenda, not God's agenda. 
And so he says the cost in a personal level, judging by the meteoric rise in popular psychology books, clinics, and self-help programs, it would seem that personal lack of meaning and fulfillment is at an all-time high. Anxiety, depression, violence, promiscuity, materialism, overeating, drug use, and a myriad of other personal casualties affect us as individuals in a variety of ways. In the family life, this breakdown at the personal level has had devastating effects on the family. The once stable American family is rapidly deteriorating as couples live as if they were wed by the, the Secretary of War rather than the Justice of the Peace. Personal happiness has taken priority over family unity. In the church, today the church and what it represents are all too often ridiculed, criticized, and rejected outright or simply ignored in the public square. In short, the church has become marginalized. The non-Christian society at large has failed to take the person and word of God seriously, and the church has been ineffective in its efforts to impact our culture for Christ at the deepest levels. At the national level, the criminal justice system cannot begin to handle the increase in crime that keeps the urban population living behind barred windows and doors while gangs, criminals, and drug dealers control the streets. Prisons can't be built fast enough to house the number of criminals the, cr the system seeks to incarcerate. Neither has increased education stemmed the tide of moral decay now engulfing us. That's why metal detectors are common at many high schools. And he goes on to say that he believes the problem can be found in 2 Chronicles 15. And he quotes it by saying, For many days Israel was without the true God and without a teaching priest and without law. In those times there was no peace to him who went out or to him who came in. For many disturbances afflicted all the inhabitants of the lands. Nation was crushed by nation and city by city, for God troubled them with every kind of distress. And he makes the point that first of all, the first thing missing was the true God, that we don't get rid of God, we just make God who, who we want him to be, as it said, to, to have our agendas blessed not to go towards his agenda. Secondly, there were no teaching priests. So the priests of the day were teaching more for entertainment purposes, not teaching truth that would convict the people of God. And thirdly, that the Israel um, was missing God's law. Once, once you ignore God's law, then um, there's nothing to protect you because law becomes meaningless. And then he, but the main thing he's saying is that God was the problem. God was their problem. It wasn't the fact that there was sin that was um, increasing all over the land, but that God was the cause of Israel's distress, not the sinners and not even Satan. And when God is your problem, then God is your solution and only God is your solution. If he's upset, then you've got a real problem on your hands. So in all of that, I'd just like you to comment on what you feel Our Lady is um, speaking to us. 
in all of these years, but in particular, again, in this message in which she warns us not to be branches in the wind, uh, but to be looking at God's agenda. Well, Tony Evans said, one of his statements you just read about what he said was that people have no meaning in the life. Our lady said on October 2nd, 2013, his love will give meaning to your life. That's a problem today. Nobody has purpose. Nobody has meaning. They don't know why they've been here. They're in a fight with the self, with their own pride. We deserve what our mind gives us. We think we can be in control because we want our will. The more control we try to take by doing our own will, the more we lose control. You really lose everything. We we grown brilliant in greed. Really brilliant. And if you look at the self-enclosed personhood of an individual, they're all so introverted that their their relationship really evolves around their cell phone, especially the youth. I mean, it's, it's all centered in there. And this third party that's centered between them and their friends, which they so-called friends. I was listening to a Protestant minister last night, <clears throat> and they were talking about on there how uh, people have like 450 different people on Facebook. And they're sharing the most private things with these people. And he was talking about how much damage they'll receive from this later in life, how much people can't get jobs because of it, how this stuff is not public, or rather not private, it's public. But they have a relationship with nobody. And so they use this surrogate system to speak to other people, thinking they have a relationship all the more and more shallow. They have no meaning to their life, and they search, search, and they go deeper into this thing. Our lady said on October, or rather September 25th, 2013, prayer works miracles in you and through you. Therefore, little children, may prayer be a joy for you. Then your relationship with life, what is life? What you do on a daily basis, who you're in contact with, who you're speaking to, what is your life? Then your relationship with life will have will be deeper and more open. And you will comprehend that life is a gift for each of you. When so many youth today don't even know the purpose of their life, they don't even feel this meaning. They don't feel this love. And so it is God's problem. We take God out of everything. And we replace them with something that, um, as you just got through saying, John, about who is God. We imagine him. Our lady said, actually said, you imagine God as who you think he is, not as he truly is. And so we have this statement by Peter. And it says, And there is no salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. You know why he said this? Because he was going into the temple to the beautiful gate. That's the name of the gate. And a beggar was there, him and John. And he asked for money. And Peter said, look at us. John said, look at me. They both said this. So we have no money to give you. 
but we can give you what Jesus Christ himself gave us. And they said, get up and walk, and he walked. He walked into the temple with them, clinging to them. And then they started preaching because everybody was in wonder about this man who was a beggar who now was over 40 years of age, who everybody saw, including the Sadducees and the others, knew who this guy was begging every day of his life from his teenage years, that this couldn't be. And so what did Peter and John start doing? They started preaching Jesus Christ right there in the temple. Knowing Jesus Christ himself was killed for the same thing. And so the temple guards, the captains come up, the Sadducees, they're annoyed by this because he's teaching them about the resurrection of Christ. And what they do with him at that point, what they do with him at that point is they take both of them in custody and they arrest them. And then they bring Jesus, or rather they bring Peter, and Peter goes into this whole diatribe that amazes them. Who are we? We can't make a man rise. Where do you think the source of power comes from? From our piety? No. It comes from Christ Jesus, the one whom you killed and crucified. He still lives. And it's his power that we draw upon, we draw upon to raise this man from being crippled. So they hold them in custody. They confer with each other and say, what will we do? The people saw this. Everybody in Jerusalem will be talking about this. We can't do anything with these guys. So what they did is they punished them. And they said to John and Peter, speak no more of this. We're going to let you go. But you speak no more of the Christ. And just like what John was just talking about in this Tony Evans was saying that God's a problem. We don't want God except with limitations. We're told to be quiet and we're quiet and we believe in Him, but we don't stand up for it. So Peter and John go out and in the answer they start preaching Jesus Christ right back to the people again. They ignored Him. Why? Because they said, and there is no salvation. And no one else, for there's no other name under the heavens given among men by which we must be saved. Think about that. We've walked into a situation now that we're compromising with atheists. We're not fighting them and their ways, we're submitting to them and their ways. This whole moment of silence is an apt upon us. We need to break this up. No more moments of silence. Wherever they're going to have a moment of silence for some ceremony, you go there. You go there with your friends. As soon as it starts, you be separated. And one of you holler out. For the Father, for the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And do three our fathers. Others would join. Oh, we can't do that? You mean if you're somewhere where the president's doing a moment of silence or you're in Arlington, Arlington Cemetery, you can't do that? Peter did it. He proclaimed there's no other name in salvation under the heavens. 
And you're afraid to proclaim that? And you're going to succumb to an atheist thought process that brought about the moments of silence because we won't pray in front of God because we may offend somebody? Offend. This is the time to offend. The cross is offensive to many people, but it's a stum- and it's a stumbling block. Jesus Christ is a stumbling block. Let them stumble because when they get back up, they come to him or reject him further. No more moments of silence. You start looking. You start seeking what ceremonies or whatever is going to take place in your township, wherever, and you go there and you break this up and you say three our fathers. Pre-announce it for the Father, for the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and start the Our Father. No more placating. We're a Christian nation. We're Christian towns. We're Christian families. We don't have to succumb to this. No more. In fact, I got to thinking about this. So I said, let's look up and see if there's no more, no more, no moment of silent dot com. And there was. We secured that. Go sign up on that. We'll get it running within the next 24 hours. And just put your name on it. That I'm committed to the, to the statement there that we'll put up there. That I will not go to any moment of silent. I'll not go to some football game anywhere or high school football game where the principals will order, okay, just a moment of silence. I will say to our Father, and let this be just a spark, a start of something that goes into flame everywhere. And everybody start talking about it. We spontaneously spoke about this to the Holy Spirit probably a month ago on the air. But what kind of people are we? Are we like Peter and John? Hey, you're not going to stop me. I dare you. You can say, oh, well, you're just being arrogant. You're just saying, oh, Father, because you, you want to show your, your place. No, we're going to show who we are as a people. Scandalize us. Spit on us. Persecute us. Arrest us. We don't care. But you're not going to silence us anymore and you're atheistic praying to self in a moment of silence. What are those people thinking about? Who instituted this? Themselves as God? That's what they're doing. We're submitting to their prayer. Their moment of silence is their prayer to a non-entity that they can sit there and defiant with their hands by their sides. Quiet. Something they believe doesn't exist. And you respect that? You want to go for that? Oh, how clever you are in your pride. Nobody should go to this anymore. And you be aggressive. You seek this. Find out. Look at, read the articles. Where is there going to be the next moment of silence? And you go there and call all your friends. And you break it up. Read the statement on nomomentofsilence.com. It hadn't been written yet. But between now and tonight, when this airs, we'll do that. But it's time we fight. It's time we're not going to sit there and look at our broken motives and all our stupid selfish dreams and our foolishness and we let these people lead us to degradation, to a culture that is dying, to a culture that is under judgment. Under judgment in the sense that this place is over. Do you get that? It is over. There is no more room. There's no more time. There's nothing left for this culture except destruction and corruption. It's coming. You want to stay with it? Are we going to stand apart? Then let God see what you do. There's times to take action. They find the first shot is nothing but about taking action. Just some of the purpose of what I just said about a moment of silence. No more. 
In fact, I can't wait to take the community somewhere. We're going to look. If we have to drive five hours. We're going to bust it up. No more will we let this happen. Not one time. Not even if you're there by yourself. Be the loner that does it. I've done that before. Told you about a protest with Pope John Paul sitting in front of all the media. A couple of months ago, I told about a month ago, we spoke about this. The next time it happened the same day, 25 people joined me. Don't care if somebody's with you or with you not. God's with you. And that's what our lady said. His love will give meaning to your life, and I will walk with you. Our lady's waiting for you to be bold, to be a bold apostle, to be Peter and John, who go out there and stand after being arrested and lashed, and start proclaiming exactly what they're told not to do. Nobody can stop you, not the president, not anybody, during a moment of silence. You're free. You do it. You're commanded to do that. You're commanded to fight. Or you can go along with your pride and what you deserve.
Just to reiterate what the friend of Medjugorje said before the song, we're going to work uh, around the clock to get this um, site running for you, uh, hopefully within the next 24 hours here. Um, but also to um, what we're what we're looking at in in regards to what's happening in our nation and in the world. Uh, in these days, we're working uh, very diligently to uh, bring to you. They fire the first shot, 2012.com, which should be uh, available sometime very very soon. We're also in the midst of uh, making They Fired the First Shot 2012 available on audio and just working working in the midst of these projects and to make these things available to you, uh, you get a different scope or different view of, uh, of what it is that Our Lady is really doing. Uh, what, uh, what do you do uh, for the moments of silence? What do you do whenever you're ambushed? What do you do? Uh, what are you thinking about class warfare? Uh, what are you thinking about victimization? Uh, what are you thinking about uh, all of the topics and subjects that are brought up in the scandals and uh, all of the things that are uh, propagated by really both sides, uh, those who are on the uh, conservative side, those who are on the liberal side? Uh, where's the truth? Where, where do you find the direction to know what it is that you're actually supposed to even think about these things? That's what they fired the first shot 2012 is. Uh, many of you have read the book. Uh, some of you may not have read the book. This is a must-read. Uh, you can get it on Amazon.com. It is available on Kindle as well. There's a, 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 a soft cover and a hard cover as well version of the book. But, uh, but for those of you who have read it, and maybe you've read it two, three, uh, two and three times, uh, just the reviewing the book again in the last several days, one of the things that it says is to make a commitment to renew the renewal of it or to renew the reading of it uh, in ev every so many months. So if you haven't read They Fire the First Shot in the last three months or so, you need to go back and read it again. It's a really important thing to stay tuned so that you won't be, like Our Lady said, shaken uh, in the wind like branches in the wind. So uh, those the currents of society today will take you any direction, and uh, Satan will make use of everything to bring you to a different direction, be it uh, the things that happen in your, in your child's school or in, even in your local church and sometimes even things in your family to take you away from the focus of what the friend of Medjugorje just spoke to us about, whether it's to obey uh, you or whether we're to obey God. So, uh, so again, They Fire the First Shot is a must reread. And it's a must-spread book. So, again, please be praying for these uh, projects as so we bring them to completion. And uh, we'll be very grateful for that. And so we'll, you'll be very grateful uh, for these once they're released. As the song said that we talked about, <laughs> I'm not fighting you anymore. We've got we to gotta fight something. We we'll either fight those who come up and conjure up these things so cleverly. Moment of silence. The mind is not God. Or we fight God. We're fighting God by participating in this. And you have to make this decision from here on out. Are you going to participate? Are you going to fight? No matter what you do, you have a fight. You have to either fight God. You have to fight this rotten culture, the rotten society that cannot no longer be preserved. There's nothing to preserve worthy of holiness. It's the absence of holiness. There's nothing in it that we can bring to us Goodness and holiness, just as it was before Noah and the flood, just as it was before, before Sodom and Gomorrah. All these things are there. <clears throat> it's easy to see. We sense it. We feel it. Someone was just telling me about National Ge Geographic just aired a special showing uh, 10 days without electricity. The grid's coming down. 
and the possibility that the 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 real possibility that this could happen now because of hackers and people sabotaging and and terrorists attacking our software and the grids that keep them running. The one grid can go out, two grids can go out, and then ten can go out. But anyway, in the whole show, it showed how people turn into savages. First day, they wasn't concerned. The second day, they were, they were okay. Third day, they got concerned. Fifth day, chaos, pandemonium, stealing, thieving, killing. You don't think that's going to happen? It's reality. It's a given. Just look at the nature of man. And look at the nature of man and where his heart is today and whose will he's followed. And as Halei says, you built a whole new, new world as if you were your own creators. Man's will prevails in the culture in every society out there. And so as long as we have this, we've got a big problem, a huge problem. And we don't have the strength to say when Peter said, and there is no salvation, no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. We don't need permission to say in our Father in a moment of silence. You don't need the permission to kneel down in front of Independence Hall and do a rosary. I did and I did it frequently. I did it daily. I did it one of my visits. What God give me? American history you never learned. He literally gave me that. What God give me from that after praying that and writing American history you never learned? The Patriot Rosary. It's all over the world. So military bases. It's in convents. There's 200 websites independent of us promoting the, the, the Patriot Rosary. Because I need to seek permission. I need to seek acknowledgement. I need to seek to be known. I was on my knees by Independence Hall despite the crowds and the tourists, because I felt that's holy ground. The Holy Spirit came in there and broke, literally broke the deadlock that they as men from Washington to Benjamin Franklin to Jefferson, all of them could not bypass until they themselves went into prayer for three hours. And the Holy Spirit came in that room and a nation was born. And you tell me, a nation can't be reborn by doing the same thing. If you live in Philadelphia, if you're near Independence Hall, if you're visiting there, you go on your knees. Pray right in front of it. Don't worry about it if you look stupid. They look stupid. Because nobody recognizes the sacredness of this place. Well, God has visited is holy. Take thy shoes off. God came into that building, formed these guys' minds into a beautiful nation that very few people believe is beautiful anymore because God's not part of it. Until we make him part of it, until we stand up at the moment of silence and say, we will pray to God the Father, to the Son and the Holy Spirit, and do our three our fathers during that moment of silence. Don't expect anything to happen except destruction and the construction of more evil. And so a new day is coming. A new day that just like Mary longed and waited for, for that miracle to come. And even the tears that she knew she'd have as being the inmate of the Lord. She was touched by an angel, Gabriel. And when that night in Bethlehem, she saw in that boy's eyes the healing 
the salvation of the whole world. What must have she felt? A hush, a quietness, the gentle, the power. We need the season that's coming up. We need to look the boy in the eyes and see what he did that we might do the same.
And so it is. A new day has come. No more moment of silence. Take action. We don't have a minute to waste. We need to start moving as Christians. Let them kill us. I don't care. Let them kill me. I don't care. I won't be silent anymore. I'm not going to sit still anymore. What is your life but eternal life? What does it mean to give life for purpose? Yes, daily martyrdom is difficult. And often many in the Medjugorje world have to have that. But don't you think we've been conditioned for something else? Even a higher purpose? No more. Make that promise to yourself. That we're going to sit aside and watch things go as it may and be, be dictated how we'll live. They have no control over us. And that's their fear. That they can't. Because we are willing to give our lives. Those who are truly the children of God. And that's going to be the defining moment. Yes, a new day has come. And it's here. And that's why she's here. We wish you, Our Lady. We love you. Goodbye. Goodbye.